Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Our good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Living on the coast of Maine can be a challenge. Let's take a specific example. What do you do if you live within sight of the famous Olsen House down in Cushion 
and 75 yachts from New Jersey anchor beside your backyard. Now you might look out and think that it's a mighty pretty sight. But if you've seen yachts anchor there before, you know you could be looking at trouble because most of those people on the yachts are environmentally oriented. That means that they would cut off a hand before they'd throw a can, bottle, or scrap of paper overboard. But think about this. They've got to get rid of their trash somehow, and you know how they do it. They lug it ashore and stack it neatly in your barn. Now, the man who brought this to my attention said that he asked one fella why he was stacking his trash in his barn. I guess you understood who he was. And this fellow from away who was stacking trash in my friend's barn said, What do you do with your trash? And my friend said, I take it to the dump. And this fellow that was stacking trash said, Well, when you go there, you can take ours too. If you have driven through parts of Philadelphia and New Jersey, you probably thought that the people who lived there were responsible for all the ankle-deep trash beside the road. But now, I can't help but wonder if it isn't recycled yacht trash that some old Maine lobsterman has thrown out of his car on his way to Florida.
Scott Hamilton, of course, and Harry Allen here on the Humble Farmer, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. Thank you for listening. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com, because I'd love to hear from you. The webpage listed 10 foods you should not put in the refrigerator. I looked through it, and I didn't see any food listed that my wife, Marsha, puts in the refrigerator today. Perhaps that's because some of those 10 foods listed are exotic foods, like garlic and avocado, that are only stored and only eaten by people from away. But there are people who know a lot more than I do about food, and they might have something to tell us about it. I'm thehumblefarmer at gmail.com, and I note that the word used in the article on food is icebox. Remember icebox? I can remember that before we had an icebox, my grandmother kept the butter and milk on a dumb waiter that went down into the cellar where it was cool. It was cool down there in the cellar. And as I recall, when we finally did get an icebox, it was a varnished icebox had two, three handles on it, several compartments, hole in the top where you put in the block of ice. And I don't think, I don't recall that we ate fruit or fresh vegetables in the wintertime anyway. Because 70 years ago, diets of Maine people must have been very, very different from what they are today. Because back then, you never heard anything about 10 foods you shouldn't put in the refrigerator. Any food that you had that you weren't going to eat that day was probably in glass canning jars down in the cellar.
Bex, you might have seen five of Timmy Polky's very nice brown cows in the pasture across the road from my house. Little white-faced brown cows. In only two or three weeks, they chewed nine or so acres, however many acres it is. They chewed my nine acres right down to the bare ground. I didn't believe it could be done. My brother told me that 80 and more years ago, everyone in our neighborhood had a cow. And the problem back then was finding pasturage for them because they eat everything so quickly, bushes, everything. My brother said that our next-door neighbor had to take their cow about a mile down Hilt's Point to, just to find pasturage for the thing. And he told me that Everett Baum used to have to take their cow from the village of Clark Island out on the island of Clark Island just so the poor cow had something to eat. I remember hearing that Chester Robinson's wife got killed down by the spring in 1922 or so when a car hit her. She was taking a cow somewhere on a tether, I suppose. If you're going to move your cow, you might just well put it in a trailer and haul it. With the traffic today, you wouldn't stand much of a, more of a chance than Chester Robinson's wife.
Ghana. Humble Farmer here. Thank you again for listening. And speaking of cow friends, Timmy Polky's cow friends have chomped our back pasture down. And although they've only been across the road for a couple of weeks, there is not much left for them to eat in the nine or so acres over there. These cows are already casting covetous eyes on the low-hanging limbs on Raymond's side of the line. Anyone who has watched five big, beautiful cow friends on nine acres for a week can understand why there wasn't a bush or tree standing in our neighborhood a hundred years ago. Even forty years ago, I could see the houses in cushion across the river from my dining room. I could see the cushion church. I could see Ruth Aiken's house over cushion. Now everything's grown up into trees. All I see is trees. If we had more cow friends, think about this. If we had more cow friends in our neighborhood, wouldn't it be a lot easier to see what our neighbors were up to in the house next door?
Mm-hmm. I bet every professional musician who's 60, 70 years of age, has memorized every note to that. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station, where with any luck at all you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com, and I took my shower early one morning, and I was standing in the kitchen wearing nothing but my socks and my underwear, I was starting to boil the water for my rolled oats. But before the water came to a boil, you know, so I could put in the oats, Marsha and I both knew that I had time to either A, go upstairs and get my clothes, or B, go back down to my cellar office studio and get my hearing aids. Humble Farmer question for today is, do you think Masha suggested that I get my clothes or put in my hearing aids? If you don't know the answer to that question, ask any woman who is married to a deaf old man. This is Louis Armstrong. Someday you'll be sorry.
Mache. Could that have been Lauren Mache with Woody? Playing those high notes. Making the high notes there. Our shed door is open. I'm sure you're interested to know about this. Our shed door is open when I'm home, and when visitors step inside our shed, they see a sign. And this is what the sign says. Welcome. You have entered the home of a dom, in big letters, D-O-M, in parentheses underneath it, deaf old man. He wants to see you. He's probably in there, but he won't hear you if you simply knock, tick, 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 or whisper, you hoo you Following these six simple steps will earn you his undying respect and admiration. It is also the easiest way to get in. Pick up this cowbell, walk over to the door and open it. Walk through the library, ringing the cowbell vigorously, ding, 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 as you scream, hello, in there, at the top of your lungs. Open the second door, walk into the pantry, kitchen, and continue screaming and ringing until you either attract someone's attention or are taken out by the dog. I posted this on my Facebook page and someone asked, You have a dog? Long-time radio friend Peg, who knows me well, answered this question with, He wouldn't pay for dog food and Marsha wouldn't tolerate the untidiness. Peg got that right. Marsha takes care of dogs as part of her work and she enjoys her dog friends very much. She loves her little doggy friends where they are. I have seen my friends chained to animals. You know what I'm talking about here. Tell me if you don't agree that the ideal pet is one you eat between slices of bread all winter.
Mix. If you have time, I wish you'd stop by the farm here and help me with a booger project. You know that from my chair in my cellar office, I can look up into two mirrors suspended from the ceiling and see the backyard and also see my back steps. See this out through the cellar windows, which are up at ground level. And you might remember hearing me say that I got a third mirror on the dump a couple of weeks ago. And I got that mirror so I could attach it to the garage at such an angle that I'll be able to see anyone stopping at the rhubarb stand out front or anyone who drives into my driveway. This third mirror project is a two-person project because, of course, one has to sit in the cellar at my desk, at my computer, and look up into the mirror and say when the angle is just right in the garage, and one has to move the mirror out there on the garage until it's just right, at which time it can be bolted exactly into place. Now, although this project is a simple, simple mechanical project, it might be compared with the first time that the telescope at Mount Palomar was focused in on the Andromeda galaxy. Do you think I should put a fourth mirror on the roof of my house that would enable me to see Raymond Montgomery every time he steps out back of his garage? At a lower angle, I'd be able to keep an eye on Timmy Polkey's cows in my southwest, southwest pasture across the road. And for those who can't, Afford surveillance cameras. Don't you think that the possibilities with mirrors are worth consideration? I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. I'd like to know what you think about that. Do you have over the desk in your office a couple of mirrors that enable you to see what's going on outdoors? Well, perhaps you ought to think about it. Genie's light brown hair and found that she was bald. 
cream puccini with the she is so that i could almost my dream puccini with the every time i look at her i every time i see her i could almost every time i see her i Spike Jones. Every time I look at her, I. <laughs> all I can think of every time I listen to Spike Jones is that all those guys in the band have the same ability as the people that play in the New York Philharmonic. Tremendous musicianship, right on, aren't they, huh? Hey, you're listening to The Humble Farmer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. If you call Spike Jones Music, right here on your favorite station. Thank you again for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com if you want to write and say something good. And speaking of finding a place to park, <laughs> who was talking about a place, finding a place to park? One morning, my brother told me that he heard Rush deprecate in mass transit. Listen to this. He heard Rush on the radio deprecate in mass transit as a liberal plot to deprive Americans of their freedom to drive automobiles. Now, you and everybody else has, you've all read, you've read what happened to our mass transit years ago when a few folks thought it would be nicer for people to burn standard oil and run around in Chevrolet automobiles on Firestone tires. And for years and years now, I've heard my conservative friends grumbling about building up the railroads in this country. And one thing these friends all have in common that I hear this from, they have never traveled abroad, they've never been to Europe, they've never been to Asia, they've never traveled traveled anywhere in the world where you can get on a train and be whisked from one city to another. Snip, snip. If there's a problem in America, it is that Americans have not seen anything other than America. They've not listened to any radio broadcast that did not originate in America. And they have never read a newspaper that was not printed in America. Those few main people who have traveled and those few main people who read newspapers printed in other countries, they're called liberals.
Wait for the train or something at the station. Many, many years ago, I mentioned on a radio program how you might boast of your great income, you know, without actually coming right out and saying, I make a wicked amount of money. A circumlocution that provides the same function is to say, Oh, don't I hate to pay an income tax? Then there was another way of boasting of an inordinate amount of wealth that appeared years later. If I can think of what it was. Yes, yes, I remember what it is now. We don't have a television set or a telephone. That's another way of saying that you winter in your chateau in southern France and don't need to be bothered by people asking you if you will clean out their hen house or calling you up to so you can come and plow the snow in their driveways or do any other kind of work. Another one just turned up today that leaves no doubt in anyone's mind but what you were clever, clever enough to earn enough money to give yourself an excellent damn the torpedoes retirement. Listen closely. That one is... I will drive many extra miles to avoid going into a Walmart.
dee 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 dee. Ghana, about time to get out of here. Thank you, thank you for listening. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. My, my wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman and consummate organizer, more than once has helped a newly bereaved widow clean out her late husband's things. Some of the stuff is sold at lawn sales. Some of the stuff is given away. Anything that a widow can't identify goes in the trash. An aged, caring husband who is much older than his wife makes an effort to limit himself to one shirt and one pair of shoes as he nears the end, and I am no different. Luckily, I have a wife who is more than willing to help. Today, while hanging out her cleaning rags to dry, I was surprised when I pinned the ragged remnants of two of my favorite T-shirts on the line. One was given me at a computer convention I spoke at in Boca back around 1991, and the other was from a public radio program manager's convention, perhaps the last one held in Philadelphia. She tore up my favorite T-shirts and is using the scraps as cleaning rags. How nice that long after I'm gone, my wife will have no choice but to think of me as she polishes lighthouse brass. (laughs) 